Today is June 18th, 2019, and you're listening to episode 10 of Manchild and the Old Guy. He's the Manchild, a bearded 20-something, and I'm the Old Guy, a cynical Gen Xer. This is your intergenerational podcast where we discuss pop culture, faith, politics, and whatever we find interesting. Broadcasting from the basement because that is where mom lets us. I'm the old guy. And I'm the man child. Welcome to our stream of consciousness. Kind of botched it there in the opening. <laughs> yeah. What did I botch this? You're time? like, today is June well, 9th. Because uh, thanks today- for this episode. T- you're, uh, I sound like you're really trying not to say like something else. Like, what? we screwed up the first take of this episode when we promised it would be an. I'm sorry, what did you promise? The episode would be. Well, what did you promise the episode would be? And I said that is a lofty claim. The best sound quality ever of our show. Of our show. And because as you can I, see, I learned and some hear, new things. You learned some new things. We we may have messed up on putting some things uh, correctly. No, you, we we did nothing. You, I did. Yeah, I, I, I was trying to soften the blow here. Well, but, I, um, yeah. So this is not our first take of episode ten. That was yesterday. It's part duh. Part duh. <laughs> Should part we still duh. just upload the whatever audio? Did you delete the audio? Oh, I, I don't want to up because it sounds like we're underwater. I know. We should still just upload like, like, it's there if you want to listen to it. Oh, actually, you know what? I deleted it. Oh, I'm sure it's in your delete I, folder. Yeah, it's probably in the delete folder on the computer. But yeah, I let if they... Uh, I either hit it with my chair or I didn't get it plugged in all the way, the USB cord. And, yeah. And then it was recording from across the room on a computer. Yeah, it was just the computer's mic. mic. <laughs> just, uh, it was bad. Um, I thought we had a good talk. We talked about LaCroix and how it's the downfall of our culture in a roundabout way. We yeah, talked that, was, about, that was your rant, so let's let's hear I, it. Man, I this don't This is know. your part Do two. I have it in me? Do I have it in me to really go back into the fact that LaCroix could Here, be going here's bankrupt? Here's the thing. You really didn't talk that much about LaCroix. I know. We just got you kind of sidetracked. crazy tangents. Well, I man, you know, I just... You tried to bring it back around to LaCroix. Yeah, but you, you were like, you're so I couldn't because you just kept taking it back from it. Um, I haven't been as super passionate and like gung ho about some of my rants lately because I've been trying not to just read the news constantly and listen to certain political things like No Agenda, po- the podcast. I haven't mm-hmm. listened to that in a while. Oh, um, little tidbits here and there, but I'm trying to like separate politics out of my life to see how how much different. Yeah, things get so much better. When you stay apolitical. Yeah. And, um, I mean, we all have our political bents and such like that. But if you're engaged in social media and you're trying to convince people of this or that or your position on, and uh, you listen to the news media, which most of it's slanted one way. Yep. And then online you listen to other media that's slanted another way. And it's all contradictory and... Um, can't we all just get along? You know, you would think so, but uh, getting along, it's really difficult to do. Uh, nowadays, because when I was a kid, right, back in the day, back in the early, two, are, back in the early 2000s. You are full 21 years old now. Yeah, um, but I can You're say. You're so old and back I, when I, I I am old enough to say when I was a child, okay, because I am an adult. For better or for worse, I am an adult. <laughs> By the government, I'm 21 years of age. And you're a voting adult now. Yes, I am. 
I've been a voting adult since I was 18. Yes. So I don't know what that statement really is. Anyways, um, you know, when I was a kid. I guess that means you're not a convicted felon in the state that we live in. All right. Well, back when I, in my childhood, (laughs) in the early 2000s, um, things were not as divisive. I mean, the politics maybe, but that was like concerned with adults. You know, there, there was this unspoken thing, like, you know, when you're an adult, that's when you talk about politics. That's when you really get into certain things with religion. Um, but as a kid, you just stayed away from it because it was gross. It was stupid. No one wanted to talk about it. We talked about uh, Bakugan and Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon and all those kind of things. And we were divisive. Don't forget the Beyblades. The Beyblades. Uh, yeah, I mean, we were divisive about people's shoes, but you wouldn't kick them out of your friend's group if they were wearing Payless shoes. Or anything, but now, like I was saying yesterday, was it's all about this tribalism people have, where they're constantly um, bandwagoning to the point where if you are not with them on a certain topic, is this uh, either you're with me or against me? This like total, uh, what 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 you called it something earlier? All or nothing. The, yeah, the all or nothing kind of mindset. You either agree with me a hundred percent, or I write you off. Right and. While it was like that for politics, I'm sure it's been like that for centuries. But the big thing with culture is that it's it's stemmed down from that to religion, to fashion, to culture, to just things you do in your family where this all or nothing where you can't do that because that's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. You can't have this independent thought or whatever it is. And it just, it's weird. Well, and instead of... And I noticed it in our own family because there's been some differences of opinion, I'll put it that way, between... Um, I mean, your daughter's a socialist? What? There's been some differences of opinion <laughs> between um, everybody in our family is an adult now, except <clears throat> except the grandkids. Yep. <coughs> Spicy sausage coming back. Um, so all the adults have different varying views, and um, and some of the adults are more direct than others, and... When the more direct ones simply tell, say what's on their mind because that's who they are and don't soften it at all, then other people get respond in a very um, defensive, accusatory uh, rant and goes off on and um, gunny sacks people like, well, you've been saying this your entire life and you've done this to me and blah, blah, blah. And, and all of the, this kind of uh, talk. Jargon while you're talking. Like, they just, like, jump in and then yeah, it's... Yeah, and just sandbag the, per- murder you. the person who was direct when all they have to say is, well, I understand you think that way, but I really I really disagree with you. Yeah, this guy... I, I, and I, if they just went through the conversation like that, everything would be okay. But it's like there's bloodletting going on. I mean... That's what it feels like. Yeah, if... If you disagree with somebody, it's like slit their wrists off with their head. Uh, I, and I don't understand it. It, it never, um, now I'm the old guy, 50 years old now. The never was this way. Um, it's, I think it started actually with Ronald Reagan back in the 80s. Um, and it, it, it has progressed since then. I, there really is. A divergence. It probably started a little bit with Nixon. Um, See, I would. And then pre- it, I would preface then that we, right there because before of you Nixon, go forward. we got oh, into hold, Carter, hold, hold, and then everything hold, hold, went hold to Hold up, old man, hold up. 
uh, let me preface that with something is that what you're talking about while you might be thinking about it as cultural culturally it i don't think it truly impacted the culture like children and everything like every everyday life until obama i think that's when um that big split was just was open because you have thinking about it like um uh, yeah. i'm trying to think about it as clay like it's a block of clay yeah if you have a wedge that you're putting down the center you can have different layers of clay going down the further you push it down the top layers split but the bottom ones that aren't touched yet i think yeah with nixon reagan all this kind of stuff the politics in the late 20th century was definitely pushing that wedge down a whole lot but then when you get into Obama that wedge got really close to home for a lot of people and then with Trump and Hillary and all this crazy stuff going on these gay weirdos walking around like naked with dildos strapped to their bodies I think that wedge has successfully but that, that was going on in the 70s yeah but it wasn't televised on the news movies weren't pushing gay characters tv shows weren't just about gay people it's and it's not a, we love the gays here on the show um, we don't support a lot of certain lifestyles the way some people live but i honestly we do not give a crap um uh, yeah i mean it's okay to have a show about gays and yeah but it's every every show you know there's I think Pew Research or whoever it was did it where it was like 1-2% to 2% of the population is actually gay. But there's an overwhelming majority now of people sure, in my it, age bracket that identify. It's the old pendulum thing. It, it's become a hot topic, so everything's going that way. But regardless, I don't want to focus well, I'm, I'm not on trying. I'm, I'm just saying I, that like this is – you're saying it was still in the 70s, right? But it's not as prolific as it is today with the internet. But that wedge thing, which you're saying with the presidents, is that – I think the wedge started up top. It was divisive like it had never been before. I don't know. wasn't around then. But where I'm at now, it definitely looks like it's gotten a whole lot deeper. I, and it's just hitting the core it, of a lot of issues. It certainly got deeper. But I, I don't think it... You may have, because of your perspective, being a young adult, uh, saw the divisiveness of the Obama presidency. And the period of time when there was um, a dichotomy in the House and the Senate. And uh, that kind of bled down to local state races as well. Um, and part of that was because if you um, if you leaned to the right and you disagreed with Obama, the first thing people would call you is a racist. So yeah. you, you disagree with Obama, so now you're a racist. And that that's not true, and that's an absolute statement. And... Absolute statements most often are not true. Mm -hmm. uh, but this actually started well before Obama. Um, it He, during his time, whether it was his fault or not, not convinced of that, or if he... Um, I do think that he had a chance to mend a lot of fences during his presidency, and I don't think he allowed himself to do that. Right. Uh, for political expediency and his own party. And that's a whole nother talk. I think he could have been a very inclusive president and brought a lot of people together um, from all different sides of the aisle politically, but also um, ethnicity and culturally. I think he could have been a president who really uh, achieved that during his tenure. But um, 
he decided to go in a little different direction, which we can talk about another time. But all of that to say, um, I saw the divisiveness when um, uh, Bill Clinton was president and he got impeached um, about lying, but every everybody started to poo-poo, oh, his sex with Monica Lewinsky in the Oval Office. Now, if somebody did heard... Did he really have sex with her or did he just stick a, a the, stogie? Well, yeah, well, there's a blue dress with DNA on it. That's oh, that's all right, say. that's right. So, so something happened there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't, it wasn't only one occasion. There was several um, interludes. Uh, Fair enough. But politically, and most people around the country were like, we don't care. Everybody, it was kind of like Trump, that... Who Bill Clinton was was baked into the cake. Everybody knew he was a philanderer. His wife talked about dragging dollar bills through trailer parks to pick up the the trash that would come and talk to her husband. Um, and there was all kinds of stories coming out of Arkansas when he was the governor that uh, the, the state um, sheriffs and state patrol would who uh, were his security detail were bringing women to his room that were not his wife. Every. That was kind of baked into his cake. Everybody knew what he what he was and who he is and was, is, was, however that goes. Oh, he's almost dead, so what does it matter? Yeah. Um, and so when this came out that he had done things with Monica Lewinsky in the White House, uh, most Americans really didn't care Yeah. in no uncertain terms, other than all of a sudden because he was talking about uh, oral sex and the news media was pushing it out there all of a sudden for the first time in my life with little kids I had to explain what oral sex was to all my little kids uh, which I didn't appreciate but uh, and that all came out of his presidency but, but the big thing was the with culturally they made it like oh well oral sex isn't sex well that's, that's I mean it's another topic but I mean that's part of it yeah but that was a big argument for that oh he didn't really have sex yet but what i'm saying is is that uh, depending on the side of the political aisle you were on things were already moving into a very divisive kind of thing after uh, the first bush presidency we got into clinton and that thing happened and then everybody on the left was like oh this is no big deal and everybody on the rights but he's a liar and and i and i'm sitting back because i'm a young i was about your age at this time uh, and I'm sitting there going, what is the deal? Because you're all liars anyway. There's not one politician who's ever told the truth uh, about a whole bunch of stuff. They're all um, part of the reason I, I don't belong to either of the major parties is because over my lifetime, I have constantly witnessed them go in as paupers into the House and the Senate. They stay for a few terms and all of a sudden they're multimillionaires. Yep. And this is long before they become lobbyists and things like that. It's it's because the uh, they can invest in stock and they don't get held liable for insider trading. They they know a certain bridge is going to go someplace, so they send out a sub chapter whatever corporation and uh, or an LLC that they put together real quick and go buy all the farmland up so that when a new road goes through, they buy it for pennies on the dollar and they sell it back to the government for thousands of dollars. Um, and they make all kinds of money doing things like that. 
And it used to be, there's a law now they can't, but if they retired, what was left in their war chest for political campaigning they could keep. These these ladies and gentlemen who go in to serve our country in the House and Senate get rich on the backs of the people. And uh, we'll talk a little bit later about the national debt, and it's they're part of the problem. Yeah, I know. And so I totally, I totally all of that, so I think with Reagan, it started getting really divisive because Reagan was a great guy and a great president, and he brought a lot of Democrats in to vote for him. And But they started calling him all kinds of really nasty names. Now, I've taken you through the Lincoln Library down in Springfield, Illinois, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you remember some of the political cartoons about... No, I remember a lot of the really creepy um, like life-size yeah, mannequins the life-size that looked man- real. Right, yeah, and they're around there. We took pictures with them. I mm-hmm. got some in some... I look so Some small. vacation photo book. Yeah, you're a baby. Yeah, but there, there, there's a whole like a hallway that has multiple uh, pictures, uh, framed political cartoons of what they were uh, doing to Abraham Lincoln, um, and drawings and just things they would write. I mean, it was that was vicious, uh, and that kind of vitriol really led to the Civil War, and um, I think that. We're kind of in that mix right now. I'm not, I'm not saying we're going to go to civil war or something like that, but there is a chance and there is a battle brewing between middle America and the big cities, which generally are on the coast. But, um, that's a culture war, but that's all, that's part of the division. That's the red and the blue. There's nobody purple anymore. There's no blue dog Democrats anymore. There's no Reagan Democrats. There's no social conservatives anymore. There's only neocons and the progressive left, and they are so far juxtaposed to each other that even now, uh, Trump, who's supposed to be a conservative, who's proposing all of these um, tariffs and uh, taxes on different goods and services, well, that just 10 years ago is stuff the Republicans would have been lambasting the Democrats about so they they all they're all the same they're all nasty and they hate each other and that bleeds through our entire culture which brings up where where you started with this is that it's all or nothing you either agree with me a hundred percent or I write you off as not a human being or if you don't agree with me a hundred percent that means you're racist um uh, things along those lines I get really sick of it yeah I mean I get sick of it too and I, I you know I agree with you pretty much in everything um, but, you know, with Obama, I think that's when that uh, wedge broke through the religious political part in adulthood into the cultural and societal aspects of childhood because it became this Obama supposed to be a mentor and a, a model, which um, arguably a president really should. I I kind of agree with it more now as I get older is that a president should not be a role model. For a child, a dead one, maybe a living one. No, a dead one, a dead one. You can romanticize and you can look at the good and bad at it. Like no one really wants to be an Andrew Jackson, but a Theodore Roosevelt. Yeah, I want to be a Theodore Roosevelt. I want to be a Teddy. I don't want to be an Andrew Jackson. I don't really want to be a Truman either. A Reagan. Okay. Lincoln. Eh, Not so much. Washington. You got it. Um, you know, you can romanticize that kind of stuff, which is great and all, but you don't want, you know, like people are romanticizing Trump and he's not even done with his first term. 
Yeah. It's, it's just crazy. But all I'm trying to get with this because uh, LaCroix is a sparkling water company. I know this is – I, I wish there was a way that we could bring back the audio and make it sound good because everything we are talking about would have made sense. This would, this would have been a great, like, add-on to what we were talking about yesterday. Sure. Sadly, we can't do that. Um, but anyways, it's about LaCroix. It's Lacro- even better today, yeah. though. Oh, and the audio not, is not so even. Better. Not even. I mean, the audio may be better. Um, but so far, our storytelling of what the heck we were talking about yesterday, not so much. We're going to revisit all the same stories, but I just want to get this point across. When I was a kid in the early 2000s, um, there wasn't this tribalism. There wasn't this bandwagoning. I mean, everyone had bandwagoning, the the, the dumb, oh, this is my new favorite show. Oh, screw that. Oh, this is my new favorite show. But that has trans- transgressed, whereas if people have not escaped their adolescence coming into adulthood, um, they've kept it with them. So that the, who they were when they were 12 is the same person they are when they're 28. And they've kept that same bandwagoning um, ideal all through it. And it's trans, it's transformed from this, oh, uh, I don't really like him. He doesn't like the same show as me too. I hate you because you do not appreciate and like the show that I like. It's become this. So you think tri- it's down to... I watch a show on Netflix, and if I say, I, "Dude, it, it's like we were talking about yesterday," it is down to this Lacroix crap, right? So Lacroix is making all these drinks; they're all over. They're big. Uh, they did great marketing when they were first coming out with dumb millennials and heavy cities talking about how good <laughs> it is. You know, I, I've explained it before. Lacroix tastes like you just cut yeah. open a lemon, put it underneath the faucet, and whatever runoff the lemon has that goes in a cup. Yeah, and, I think it mm, tastes awful. I, I don't think it tastes. I don't. I, the only one I really like is the passion fruit. We went through all the different flavors. There's a puree flavor. I don't know what that's supposed to be. Puree of sad liberal tears. Um, but it it they they did really well with it and they're marketing it. Um, but then we were talking about how they weren't really making money because they're investing so much stuff into their own company or these other companies. But now people just aren't buying it, and it's because they've gotten so big. Everyone else is starting to make all these other companies, and. LaCroix is just crashing. They can't keep up with it. Yeah, because be- they charge a premium for their product, and now somebody else well, makes... It's, it's, it's beyond is, just the, the premium thing. It's that someone else... capitalism. Well, once you establish a company, it, the last thing in one of my textbooks for my business classes talked about, if you establish a company with a mission statement, it can take up to an entire generation of Americans before you can change your mission statement or how your your company looks or how people remember it. So LaCroix, not being that old as a company mm-hmm. in and of itself, the, the kind of mission statement they have, they can add things to it, but they are not going to be able to change it to work with what people are today. So then you get all these little companies popping up all over the place in dense urban areas that their main statement is to help gay transgender dogs and there's going to be a market for those people and you know, sure, they'll die out, but they all eat up on that market share, just like the Democrats running for president. I mean, you got freaking 25 Democrats running, and then you have, uh, you know, when it comes to the 25 Democrats and the one Republican that's announced, Trump, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter if Trump doesn't get that many votes, because all the other votes for the Democrats are going to be split among, like, 25 or whatever but, but people. They're, and they're only going to nominate one for the party. It, it doesn't matter. They're going to have, you're going to start having people, someone running to independent. You're going to have all these write-ins. And that's well, going to, the same reason Teddy Roosevelt didn't get the other term 
was because it was him, Taft, and some other dude, and him and Taft split the vote, and the Democrat yeah. got it. And but, that happened to Bush's second term with yeah. Ross Perot. That uh, between um, Bush and Ross Perot, he split the conservative vote, and Bill Clinton became president. Sadly, that is the society we live what in. What is pample moose? It's um, it's a most beloved variety. It's like tangerine. It's grapefruit or something. It's yeah. It's it's grapefruit. I don't understand it. Um. Anyways, but so Lacroix is going out. Not not like they're going out of business. Obviously, they have enough money and capital that they'll they're making a profit. They're just not making as much of a profit as they were before. Mm. Uh, But this is all the bandwagoning mentality where suddenly Lacroix is not that cool thing. It is not that thing that everyone wants to be on. It doesn't have the mission statement. It doesn't have the virtue. Whatever the heck. I mean, I don't care if Monster agrees with my politics or not. I really like their Monster Mule drink. Not enough people really got it or it was just a test run. I don't know. Coca-Cola won't get be- won't get back to me on it. Um, but I love the Monster Ginger Brew energy drink. That was fantastic. The girl child hated it. I loved it. Um, but it's not out anymore. I don't, I mean, I, who cares if anyone else likes it? I liked it. I was willing. I sent an email. I was willing to buy a pallet of it. I mean, I didn't know how much it cost, but I was willing to buy a pallet of it just for myself because I really liked it. Um, and you know, it's gone. But you know, it is what it is. Lacroix, on the other hand, you have these people where they jump on because of a mission statement or an ideal or a virtue, and that virtue is gone because someone else has a better one. Right? It's just like uh, the lesbian walks in the room full of straight men. Well, she has more virtue virtue than everyone else okay the non-binary amputee walks in that person has more virtue than anyone else then the transgender muslim lgbtq queer transgendered amputated blind deaf mute slash reptilian in a wheelchair Stephen Hawking voice person rolls in, and they have the more most virtue. Well, so the, the first person that walks the in, intersectionality, les- kind right? Of stuff. And so the first person to walk in, which at lesbian, that was Lacroix, right? So they come in; they're no different than any other water, sparkling water, seltzer thing, but they just have this cool look to them, a weird, weird name, and they got like this mission statement. I, I mean, I don't. It's do you not have a it? Weird, or, yeah. It, it, yeah, but here's the thing. Our dedicated mission is to create healthier, fun beverages that are known for their extremely delicious flavor. Psych. <clears throat> our f- juices Thank and waters exceed our expectations. No wonder we put the entire fruit in every bottle. Right? Healthier, yeah, put, fun put, beverages. This is what I was laughing at earlier because I've always thought LaCroix tastes like dirty water. And mm-hmm. so, yep, you're putting the entire fruit in every bottle, including the South American funk that's on I don't the outside a, of it or... I don't have a LaCroix with me. I do have, what is this, a member's mark? Yeah, that's, that's Sam's Club. The Sam's Club Watermelon Citrus. And they put too much carbonation in it. In my opinion, I think they put too much. It's like Yeah, those taste a little like the Werner stuff from Michigan. No, man. They just taste like water with like a slight hint of something in the background. The cherry one actually tastes a lot better. That's in there because it's a mixed bag. I'll try that one. Anyways, um, so look, you got this health, create healthier, fun beverages known for their extremely delicious. They're fun. It's cool. And they're healthier. It's hip. It's LaCroix, not LaCroix. LaCroix. It's French. No, well, it's American, actually. It's weird, though. LaCroix. So people want to go for LaCroix because um, it's this cool thing. 
Well, suddenly you start getting uh, Croy all the backwards of LaCroix or something. Some new company, Company B. And they've got a mission statement and they got this purpose. And we donate one-tenth of every half a penny we get to some charity to help dying dogs and the moon in yeah, Australia. It's all marketing. Yeah, it's all dumb. But th- that is like ruining a business. Like, well, yesterday we looked it up. It was like over a billion dollars. The company is lost in like six months or something. Uh, I don't know about. I know it was somewhere in the, the billion ballpark within uh, several months ago. And if that is a, re- I don't know this conjecture. If that is a result because of like this cultural shift in bandwagoning, where it's just that's not hip anymore. There's all these other options. How? detrimental is that going to be to our economy and you know we'll get into our economy um a little later on with the news but this is just like a bigger picture for our culture where why is it that when a group of people like something everyone's gotta like it there's certain things you know yeah i I agree with that if a group of americans are standing together if you were to ask him, what's the best song in America? Well, the National Anthem's really pretty. Well, you know what? National Anthem's kind of sucks. What? Dude, all National Anthems suck. They all sound the same. They, you know You know what country? They Have you totally listened do. to the Olympics? I, yeah, they all sound the same, except one's spoken with an Asian accent and one's spoken like this. That is the only Absolutely. difference. They don't know, dude. They no, all sound the same. No, the Russian, no. the the USSR national anthem, the Soviet Union. <laughs> that is a bomb one. That one sounds great. Are you, I, I'm being dead serious. It's not that our, our is our, your I'm, frontal I'm, cortex <laughs> left your body. My amygdala, uh, amygdala, amygdala is getting smaller, so it's a good thing. Being bigger, I should probably mm. seek medical assistance. Um, the, so, the Soviet Union's if, national anthem. I'm saying is, how it sounds. I don't give a crap about yeah, its message. Here's what it sounds it. like: the lives of millions of people being <laughs> snuffed out and murdered and killed over over fifty years. Because that's what communism does: kills. Me. Right, but their national anthem is pretty good. No, it's not. Oh, come on. I mean, and I'm not saying that the American National Anthem is really that bad of a thing. It sounds horrible. I'm just, it's not that impressive. But when you get in a group of Americans, they're all going to say, oh, well, yeah, that that's the best one. You get in a group of Christians. What's the best verse? Uh, John 3.16. Wow. Really? Everyone's going to say it. I almost guarantee you, if you write it down, because it's just ingrained in us, John 3.16. Everyone? So you don't think? So you know darn well I would say something different. By dude, I'm not even gonna play these stupid games with you right now. Okay, these, these are the semantics of every time we have a conversation. Is that it's like, well, I'm not this person. I'm not doing that. You know, I wouldn't. Of course you wouldn't, Dad. Of course you wouldn't. But you said everyone. You know very well what I'm talking about. You're, I am not talking about... You're peeking. Uh, I know I am. I am not talking about literally everyone. And I'm not going to go down this dumb path where I have to describe that every time I say that. Okay? Because I believe... 
that we are good people <laughs> and together we can accomplish anything. So when I say we and I say we are all together, you know I mean it because God bless America and God bless the future USSR. I was waiting for that to load so long, but I got to go. <laughs> Anyways. The yeah. only time that sound song sounds any good is in Hunt for Red <laughs> October when they're singing it in the sub submarine. And it echoes I, I think the song honestly just sounds great. Like it, it sounds, sounds communist. <laughs> okay, you know what? There's some pretty cool optics about I grew communism. up with those people pointing missiles at me. Dude, it hasn't changed. They don't point as I grew up with my neighbors pointing weird things at me. Pencils? I don't know, appendages, something. Look, I grew up in a weird time. All I'm trying to say with this, with everyone that don't, I'm not, I don't, don't get me started on this. We do this every single time. No, we Even don't. outside the show, we do this. Where you you're did, like, you just you, made, you, 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 you just said we do this every single time. Yes, if you, well, if you would have put, okay, because in statistics, a confidence level of 0.05 of 5% is significant. Now, if you were to take a whole bunch of people, let's just say, Christians. You put them in a single room. You ask them the same questions. What's going to happen? It's going to be John three sixteen. And because it, it is be past a com- be- because it's past a confidence level to a certain point, it becomes one. It be- the number just becomes one because it's such a high level and it's past a confidence point. It- the number will be one. It will be one hundred percent. With rounding, so in statistics, it's a lot of rounding. Um, so when I say everyone, I am rounding for every like, I don't know, decapitated kid left in the world. Okay. Right, I am rounding I, for all those people. So I when I rounded. say that, you, I'm just saying there's certain group things that are, that they're fine. But for your everyday life, why is, does it matter if everyone likes Lacroix? I I think Lacroix looks cool, just like I think Starbucks looks cool. Do I think LaCroix has the best tasting stuff? No, I do like their passion fruit thing. I will go on my way to buy that if I see it. But like Starbucks, I don't go there very often, but I really do like going to Starbucks. It's not because their coffee's fantastic, um, even though arguably because it's so manufactured. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, because it's so many. I, I got to do it every show. Every show. Um, I've already done it once. Uh, is the computer still going? Yeah. Anyways, um, anyways, you can argue that their coffee's the best, or it sucks. What it doesn't really matter because it's so processed, manufactured, so at such a high level, the amount of error is pretty low. Um, but I like the atmosphere going into Starbucks. Nothing feels super fast. It's just there. I like how things look. Things smell nice. There's some stuff to read. It's a nice little environment. I get it. A they lot have of people. Scones. I don't like. I don't like a lot of their food. It, I mean, I, I've worked at a. I was a barista. All the food at a coffee shop is complete garbage. You should not ingest it because it's all frozen. It's been frozen Even for the, a month. The yes. scones have been yeah, frozen. They're all frozen, dude. Wow. All of them are frozen. I feel violated. No, you should, because they're nasty. <laughs> when you have when you have to deal with cooking them and everything, it's nasty. Anyways. I like that stuff. I don't care if everyone else likes it or not. But for whatever reason, everyone's in this cultural demand where 
you have to like all this stuff, otherwise you cannot be with us. That all-or-nothing mentality, this tribalism instinct that people are starting to have more and more and more. I don't know exactly what's causing it. I don't know what the heck a solution is going to be for it. But it's definitely there. And I don't necessarily disagree with you. Necessarily. Um... I may disagree with you, uh, the origins of all this, but the reality is it's there. Yeah. And it's difficult to have conversations anymore. At least anything in depth where people are simply talking on surface levels and getting deep doesn't happen anymore because. Yeah, I was of telling you challenges. yesterday about um, a coworker I have where I was talking to him about school vouchers. A customer brought it up at work. And um, he was getting super heated about it. I mean, we didn't really agree on all the stuff for it. But he was like, I'm not going to argue with it about it. And I'm like, we're not arguing. We're just, like, having a conversation. Like, let's just come to a happy medium. Like, what do you think would be best? And what do I think would be best? And eh, let's see if we can work something out. I'm not debating you. I'm not arguing you. I'm not trying to defend every stance. I'm not. That's not happening. But he was just laying into me. But again, this is this is what you get when you have a 45-year-old man that is balding with a ponytail, has a bachelor's in... Drama. Drama. And he's working at Best Buy in appliances. Not that working at Best Buy no, is bad. No, but you, you guys will know what I'm talking about. It is this stuff where people get these degrees that mean nothing, expecting the world out of it. And there's a whole rant there that I had yesterday that I would love to go into. I'm sh- how, how, what are we looking at on time on this? Well, we're at 30 minutes. We're at 30 minutes. So I still got like, you know, another 30 minutes until my mm, thing's done, right? Because no. we took up. Okay, anyways, I'll, I'll get into that next time. Um, sorry if this opening has been really confusing for all you guys that can vaguely see us in the dark on the camera. If you didn't know, we are also recording. I would say this is our first episode we've been recording, except it is not. That was yesterday. That was yesterday. You scared me with that. I, I? I flinched. I didn't know that was coming, and it just... Well, I thought you were going to that segue there, but... Yeah, oh, well, it was a segue. Thanks, guys, for listening so far. Remember what we say so far, because so the show far. is not over. This but is we halfway through it. We appreciate everybody out there um, listening to the show. Of course, we're sending this through Anchor to help support uh, what we're doing. And, and uh, if you find value in what we're doing, you can go through the Anchor website and make a donation there. To help. Why are you laughing? You're just like, yeah, we're doing it through Anchor, just like, uh, yeah. You still sound serious about it, whatever. Um, but, no, seriously, guys, if you want to support us, please support us. Think about going to us. We do have some emails. You can reach out to us. Uh, you know, you can go through our website, www.bloodpump.media, or, oops, I messed, www.bloodpumpmedia.com, or through our PayPal. You can also cross the streams of consciousness uh, with our, with, with ours by email Cross with the streams. Cross the streams. I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's yeah. do it. Let's do Forgot it. Forgot about those. But you can email us at manchild 
at post.com or the old guy at post.com. And we want our listeners to interact with each other on Facebook or Gab whenever that's set up. Uh, you can also listen and share the Twinkie through YouTube. It's an audio clip there, right? That's a big Twinkie. Yeah, it is. Uh, we would love to hear from you guys, suggestions or comments. Uh, so if you can help produce the the show, please, please chip in. Oh, you said chip in. Oh. I know. I'm doing it. It's a glitch. Sorry. It's in my head. Oh, oh, oh the cringy words everyone uses. Yeah. Uh, but again, yeah, we're using Anchor.com. You'll hear the little, the little blurb I have at the beginning of the show. It says, uh, thanks for listening. Go to anchor slash start dot whatever. It doesn't really matter. Um, but thanks for listening. We appreciate it. There's a link you guys can find if you want to support the show. We appreciate it. Yeah, support the show. It helps us um, with all the costs associated with producing the show. We we do the show because we talk like this all the time. We thought it'd be interesting for others to hear some of our rants. And, yeah, Mom uh, said you guys should start a podcast, and we're like, okay. Yeah, but. so so we do this uh, for our own amusement but hopefully for your amusement as well. So um, now, um, just you know, oh, I just want to point out, you do that like when you when you're speaking, you can tell when someone's like reading off something. You do it that accent, whatever it is, really well when you're not reading something. <laughs> you know, it's just like accent. talk, and you'll sound like you're reading something, but you're you're just speaking. I just want I just want to like they must took a lot of time to work on. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Well, uh, the we always start off with don't be that guy. And I always find two or three stories a week. And um, right here is the first one uh, out of the Sun News. It should where, probably be renamed to don't be those lesbians. Well, don't be people <laughs> like this. I mean, there are, people in the world are cruel and there are some morons out there. And vicious people. And the first one is these uh, mom and her lesbian lover. They tear off their nine-year-old son's penis, then behead him, all because he reminded her of her dad. Now, she's only 27, and her girlfriend, uh, lover, whatever, is 28. This happened in Brazil. Now, they not only ripped this kid's penis off, they after they ripped his penis off, they tried to sew... Um, his his mutilated genitals up and make it into a vagina. Then they were stabbing him multiple times. Then they chop his head off. And the police responding to this were very horrified. Uh, I mean, well, I don't even know what to think about this. This is some of the worst uh, people that I could even... I would... If I was doing a horror show, I wouldn't even think about putting this in a horror show. I, this is just vicious. I, I you know, I've seen I stuff like this in like an American people, Horror Story. I cannot believe there's people in the world that would do this to their own child. And I don't... I, I, I want to know if it actually is their child. If it, it if it is their child or it's just some kid no, it was, they adopted. It is her child. Hmm. A lot of people coming out gay these days, but this is—I think it's disgusting. But what you got to understand is, well, I guess you can't understand. There's no way to understand why the heck this happened. Is um, it's these kind of things that feed into the stereotypes that people say don't exist 
about like homosexual people where um uh, you know I, you have, pe- I don't think it has to do anything with I, i'm just saying where like a childhood drama turns people gay and they just repeat it which I, it all kind of childhood drama People are like doomed to repeat it the rest of their life. It doesn't really matter which, where you're coming from. I don't think but, they're not doomed to repeat it, but they have a they have a choice to make. Maybe at least could have given this kid a chance to repeat it, but no, they had to go and kill him. Man, you're going into some dark places. How am I going into? I've gone into much you more said risque this, things before. You said this kid could grow up to be a psychopath because his mom treated him. Give him a, he has the right to do it, doesn't he? This isn't like some kind of late, late, late term abortion here. The kid was obviously living. That wasn't an ultrasound. That was a photo of the kid. Oh, you're going to regret this is being recorded. Now, what's it matter? I'm not going to politics anyway. I don't think God really wants me to. <laughs> It's bad um, for me. Well, the next one is don't be Kim Jong-un, who basically is acting like, as the story says, a Bond villain. So one of his generals uh, at some point in time didn't um, ag- agree with him and didn't do what he wanted. So he slits this guy's arms and legs. So he starts bleeding and then throws him in a tank of piranhas to be eaten. Now, they don't know if he died from the uh, cutting of his limbs and such, but he definitely died when all these piranhas were eating him. I mean, what? What do you think This is bad as like? the old Fargo movie where they throw the guy in the, the wood, wood chipper. chipper. But <laughs> I, I love that scene. Yeah, and they throw him in. But, you know, Saddam Hussein and Usay and Uday, or uh, Uday, I think is his son's names, um... There was reports of them on the uh, Iraqi sports team, the Olympic teams, that some of the um, athletes didn't win the races, and so they stuck them in wood chippers' feet first. I mean, this is insane to me that you would even think. It's one thing, okay, I'm going to execute you. I'm going to pull a bullet in your head, put a bullet in the brain pan. You're out, done. But to throw people after you cut them, into a piranha tank? I mean, that is... I, that's Are you just saying a, you wouldn't want to see that? No. I I would not... Okay, look, I've watched amputation videos on YouTube before. Zip popping? I just can't do it. I have traumatic memories of zip popping Your myself. mom loves... And your, I know. One of your sister-in-laws thinks that... It's the, disgu- I think it's Brooke. Yeah, Brooke. It's disgusting. Yeah, she loves the zip poppers. Um, I, I, I've watched amputation videos because it's so interesting because it just looks like you think it looks so much different in real life, but when you actually watch it, it's, there's just one of those little saw wires and they wrap, wrap it around like your ankle and they just go and they unwrap it and then someone pushes down on your foot on and on your shin and they just have the wire underneath it and they just keep going until it just comes off and then they like throw it in a pan and that's it. You know, you think it's, it's like it, they, well, yeah, they yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying for the amputation itself, that like having to cut off the limb or the appendage. Mm. But the people are asleep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, for some of them. Um, but my main thing is, it's totally different. You think there's like way more surgery and things when it goes. I'm like, no, there's like the dude's out. Chop it off. Get a saw. Hey, it's rusty. Whatever. We'll give him. An, Epidural. <laughs> I don't. I don't you know. Have no idea what yeah. you're talking about. No, no, I don't. Um, but I, I would want to see a uh, 
one of those. I would love, uh, not that I would love, it's not, not the right words to use here, guys. I would like to see a video of someone eaten by piranhas, or at least put an animal there in was... a thing with a piranhas. I want to see how it actually, how it actually works. I, I don't think well, it's the, a... the huge <laughs> eating, eating, well, it, I actually... think it just comes and take a bite and they move, well, they take a bite and they fly off. This <laughs> is the thing is that, uh. A school of piranha is usually thousands of fish. And so, yeah, they go and take little bites off and then go away. But if thousands of fish were doing that, it would look like a swarm doing. And um, that's kind of what happens. Now, there's some old movies from like the 80s, kind of B-movies called Piranha. Mm -hmm. And uh, they start out in the um, Amazon rainforest and people would fall in the Amazon river and then, you know, the big swarm of piranha. But and then they joined the migrant caravan from Chile and came all the way up to the Missouri river. And well, there was Americans. something, these were genetically altered piranha or something like that. in some, um, some army someplace, but there was a U.S. I don't, it was a long time ago since I saw these. And then somebody let it into a, a water source in the United States, and it started multiplying. What they do? Like, get like a speedboat with like like a, a carrot on the front of it. Come on, guys! And they're just yeah. like leading thousands of piranhas somewhere. Now I'm probably some weekend. I'm gonna sit down and see if it's on Netflix or something like that. Yeah, let's watch. We should do that. Where it's just like us, uh, uh, like Mystery Theater three thousand, where there's we just watch a bad movie in our living room, mm-hmm. and you can like just barely see the back of our heads on the couch, and it's just like all black, and we just have our a mic in front of us. And we're just talking about dumb things in the movie. That's fair use, so. That probably is. But um, what isn't fair use is a lady grabbing your testicles and squeezing them. This was a sex act. I am completely determined that that is what this is. And once again, this this is a person in Florida. Yes, it is in Florida. There, so there is no there is no denying that these people are completely nuts, and no one understands what the heck goes on in Florida. Either their sun has been bleached and is drying out slowly from the sun every week, or the frogs have turned gay and bitten them. Every week, somebody from Florida does something crazy, and so this woman was arrested last week on allegations she squeezed. Her boyfriend's testicles until they bled. So the incident occurred on June 4th, about 70 miles southeast of Orlando. Her right. eyebrows crooked. Yeah, they're very weird. She painted them all weird. Authorities responded to a call from a man who said his living girlfriend had assaulted him, according to a police report. She's identified as 21-year-old Katie Lee Pitchford, who became enraged during an argument and the alleged victim, who was not identified, reportedly told the officers that Pitch- <coughs> Pitchford had struck him with her fists and scratched the left side of his face. And then the man with a bloody face had visible bruising, the police said. And then uh, this uh, female dog squeezed my testicles until they bled. Now, I don't understand what that would look like. Now, if killing that kid before was a late, late, late term abortion, would this be a really early form of abortion? What are you, Squeezing not, the testicles? I'm not following you. Because, you know, it's the sperm. You, you see, when a man and woman love each other, and the sperm comes in contact with the egg, conception happens. 
Yes. So if you squash, squash the little buddies down there, is that early abortion? Wow. No. I thought you're. I didn't think I'd have to go that far with it. I, I thought you would have got it the I first time I said were, it. I, I thought, thought you when I said is that really early is that early abortion? I thought you would have been like, oh, Caleb, that's too far, you moron. I would have been like, oh, yeah, I know. I, I'm just I really was stretching hoping it. that you caught. I thought you would say something and say it was dumb. I'm I am purposely trying to be like out there because someone you're out there. Somebody's got to do this in our culture and our society. Someone has to do this and i know no one can see me on this camera because of my hat um but anyways well, when you turn your face the other way i can see it anyway um all that to say that there's a new uh police initiative in denver oh this is the the peace off i mean they're yeah. not actually peace officers a peace officer is a cop with like without a gun that just shows up places right but i'm going to call them peace officers while we're talking about this article yeah, because the Denver police are developing a pilot program that would dispatch civilian teams to certain 911 calls instead of uh, <coughs> excuse me instead of a police officer, a team of mental health workers and medics would respond. You know what? I think this would be a great opportunity for veterans because well, a lot of them, you know, they just want to help other people. So I think you could have like a you know a bunch of veterans that you send out to other people that are struggling like they're thinking about suicide. Well, send out like a veteran mental health person or a veteran EMT. I, I, I think well, there's they, I think there's a I'm possibility sure they could apply for those jobs. Yeah, well, you know, it's something that we were talking about yesterday. It, some of it seems a rather vague on what are those situations. I know the article says that they're trying to like what is that tipping point that limit um, yeah. because you can't just send a peace officer over to a domestic dispute because they can't have a gun. They're not going to do anything. The only weapon they're going to have is their fist in the Bible, most likely. Um, so what are they going to do? And at some point, someone's going to get shot. Uh, I think you you were saying yesterday that you think this is more of a matter of paying police officers. I, well, I think I think, it's, I think it's a matter of two things that they don't have enough money to pay enough police officers to be on the beat. Mm-hmm. Number one, because police officers are expensive. And number two, I think it's a byproduct of there not being enough mental health institutions out there anymore because right. most most states close down their long-term mental institutions. Thanks, in Obama. Order. It happened long before him. It happened actually during the Bush administration, too. And the both parties have engaged in this at all multiple levels in states where they shut down these long-term uh, mental health care facilities and put people out on the street that need to have people constantly making sure they took their meds. And now they're homeless. They're out on the street. You also have a lot of people coming into Colorado to get dope, to get marijuana, which is okay. That's fine. It's legal in that state, but you're getting a lot of people going in there who are already a little bit have instability. They're getting the marijuana and um, not saying the marijuana's causing them to go crazy or anything like that, so don't read into that. There's a fine line you're going to cross. I know. But 
it just draws more people into the state who are not in a position to take care of themselves. Right. Emotionally, uh, sometimes physically. So they call 911 because they... Well, they get into altercations, overdose of marijuana, which you know you really can't do. No, they they and get then, into no, altercations. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you get two stone dudes; they're like throwing two mile an hour punches at each other, um, and everything. But it, that, that's what you think. I think it's more about allegations. I think it's a lot more to do with public image. Um, so, sure, you might be paying an officer like thirty, maybe fifty thousand dollars a year, um, but you're paying out millions of dollars a year. On the payouts, the settlements, all this kind of stuff, because someone said an accusation, well, he drew his gun, well, there's no proof, and body camera footage is extremely expensive, the even more expensive part is storing all the footage and paying someone to go through all that kind of stuff, so I think having these peace officer kind of guys... I don't think anybody goes through it unless there's an allegation made. Uh, I Yeah, but I mean, you still have to go through mm-hmm. hours, hundreds of hours. Mm-hmm. Um, just to find some coherent stuff. Uh, I think it's more about the allegations. If you send over a peace officer that they're like, they can't do anything. The, you know, well, they, they can, might, they, they might, might be able, able to write to... you a c- citation. That might be the most they're able to do. But they if can't they're draw... able to defuse the situation without a police officer right. and coming that's, and that's, that's the everybody. positive, but I'm saying it's, they're, it's probably way more, less of a, uh, cop thing for paying the cop. I think it's way more to try and avert all this. There's a lot of negativity about cops, if you haven't noticed. Um, you send a white helmet over there and just say, Hi, I'm, I'm with the government and I'm here to help. And there's going to be a lot of people who will just say, Oh, okay, you're not a cop. No, no, I'm a peace officer. Oh, okay. And the situation will die down a lot quicker. Uh, uh, that's a possibility. Maybe you should just send priests like every no, situation. But- that might cause more problems. That's worth. Yeah, but I, but I honestly think it's um, a deficit problem. And our next story is the national debt, which um, supposedly Trump is a conservative, and he kind of came in on a platform of controlling the the federal deficit and the federal budget, which he has done absolutely none of. Nope. Um, federal spending now tops three trillion through May of this year. And the deficit is going to hit $738 billion. That's money that's coming out of future generation pockets. Um, The Trump administration is spending money as fast as Obama did. And people used to get really uptight with Obama doing it. It's it's probably becoming more of a norm. I'm not saying I agree (laughs) with it. I think it's wrong. The government's taking in more tax than they've ever taken in before. Like, they're making billions and trillions of dollars a year. Um, and we're, we're paying out for crazy amounts of things. And you think national defense is a big thing. Well, almost double that is Social Security. You know, you get all this kind of stuff. It just, it just adds up. But when Obama was doing it, he was spiking it up a lot higher than anyone else. And then now you get Trump that, like, I think he broke the record or maybe it's, it's in the same ballpark, Obama, whatever it is. It's just another, it's 12 years, the same thing again. And yeah, it's going to be, this that, is, that's, that's again, all it really has The Republicans and the Democrats. Same side, different side of the same coin. Yeah, they're spending money like crazy. Um, when you look at, the deficit is larger than Social Security. Uh, the deficit is about as big 
if you can, uh, <coughs> if you take, <coughs> excuse me, if you take Medicare and national defense and add them together, then you get the national debt. Yeah, that is very true. Doing some quick math here. I mean, it, it's terrible. We're paying right now with interest rates at near record low levels. We are paying $269 billion in interest on our debt, which now is top $22 trillion. <coughs> and it's um, about 110% of GDP. So when you look at all this, what do you think the interest on the debt's going to be when interest rates go back up to like 10% or something like that? I, You know, I have no idea. That's the scary thing, right? So I'm super excited for interest rates to go up because that's better for savings and CDs and markets and things like that. But then when it comes to the government, eh, it's not the same story, is it? No. No, but so I was looking at that. It says, you know, 1.1 or $1.2 trillion dollars this year so far has gone into from uh, what was it income tax or what, what was it on the that? largest amount of revenue for the federal government comes from people's income tax yeah and then corporate tax was 116 like, billion yeah like 1.2 trillion dollars from every american that works hypothetically um and then only 116 out of corporate income that just seems a little a little off for me because when you look at places like amazon i'm not going the socialist Mm -hmm. route i'm just saying they're making billions upon billions of dollars and a lot of these places they put like certain slash headquarters Mm -hmm. in like northern ireland so they can evade most of the taxes from the u.s and and can skirt around a lot of laws around here you know, they do that. You're pulling a trillion dollars out of Americans' pockets to put right back into their pocket. That just seems so counterproductive. Why don't you have it to where a corporation where I, – I, I just – I don't buy it anymore. The whole, oh, well, if you do that to corporations, it's going to kill it. No, dude. Look, if, if I was running a business, sure, I'd want to get rich. But the reality is I just want enough money to survive. Like I don't have any like needs that are so crazy. I need a million dollars right now. So if I own, if I own a business, dude, I would be so so happy. Like sixty grand a year, I'm living it. I'm fine. I, there's like there's I don't see anything that I wouldn't be able to afford yeah, or and, pay off. Yeah, in general. But and then the company would be making so much more money, mil, millions of hundreds of millions of dollars. You look at how much. Like if you're looking at how much. Uh, uh, mo- most for, like Fortune 500 companies or whatever, a lot of the top executives, which arguably some of them have really important jobs, they deal with a lot of stress and you know they make important decisions. But there's a lot of other ones where they really don't. It's just you're up there, so you're getting paid like hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. If you just cut that job, or you just paid them a normal salary, you'd be saving way more money. I, that's one thing I just never understood about like certain businesses. Um, where it's like the government too, where it comes to Congress and all these other people. Well, you guys are so worried about spending money, but you're paying yourselves. I, I mean, ungodly amounts of money well, to sit around. They, they don't sit around. They, they have to make decisions, but part of the reason people make huge amounts of money as CEOs now is because of government regulations. 
So the government wanted to cap how much you paid CEOs and executives at companies and would tax over a certain amount. I don't, I'd have to look it all up at a higher tax rate. So a way to get around that was a loophole that the government didn't think about because people always do workarounds was instead of paying people actually dollars. And yeah, they just pay them shares. We'll just pay them in stocks. And when the, and now you've got huge portions of CEOs, their paycheck is actually their stock portfolio. And so now they're really driven to move the stock price up because that gives them an instant pay raise. Yeah. And that's all due to government regulations. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know if we should change it or not. Yeah. Like, all, like it would change. It's not going to change. You all know, I you, know is, is that, uh, it doesn't matter if you're Republican or Democrat. You should be worried about this. A hundred and eighty-two thousand dollars in debt our country is per taxpayer. Yeah, yeah. I I would dare say I haven't made that amount of money in my life so far. Yeah, most people haven't at your age. So um, this is it's getting to crazy status. Hundred and five percent of GDP, gross domestic product, is our national debt, and it's terrible. I agree. Now, um, all that to say that there's a lot of innovation going, and I know um, Trump thinks that he can grow, grow the economy past the national debt, and hopefully he can. And one of the ways he uh, wants to do that is encouraging companies to come up with new and inventive things, which Americans, most of what we value around the world as cool items actually came out of American hands. In American capitalism. And I think we need to bring blimps back. Uh, there already are some. We can talk about that at another time. But Uber is uh, working with Volvo, which is now owned by a Chinese company, which I didn't realize. Well, but, it's not like it's... Uh, it's just like saying AMC Theaters, well, it's owned by a Chinese company. It really does... It just means that the person that owns the conglomerate is Chinese. The company is still, like, American. They're taking the intellectual property. Happens all the time. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's not. It's like there's still a bunch of French dudes sitting around a table. I think Volvo's French. Uh, I know they're Swedish or yeah, something. I don't know. Bunch of weird Scandinavian dudes smoking pot in a, a, a sauna in the middle of the winter tundra, coming up with cars. It's just a Chinese dude that's making well, they're, money. They're off rolling the top out. Of Uber is rolling out these Volvo autonomous vehicles to do their Uber Eats service. Now, we know Uber in general, their business model is not working out so well. So they're mm -hmm. trying to expand. Because um, they're a, a technology company. Sure. And uh, so in San Diego, California, they're rolling out these drones to deliver food. Now, I don't know what the price point is, but it's got to be uber expensive <laughs> to, get, to get a meal at your house by a... I don't... What's the, uh, the Uber... It, Uber Eats right now, like you call up <coughs> a restaurant and get the meal <laughs> delivered to your house, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it's like Grubhub. And, yeah, Grubhub's um, the one I was thinking of. Yeah, your, there's Grubhub, your Uber sister Eats, uses Lyft. Yeah, um, there's Messenger. It's all a way to try to expand their business model. and But I think it's kind of interesting, although I don't... Um, these autonomous kind of cars, they're really Uber's trying to get to an autonomous taxi. Uh, service so that they don't have to pay people because people are expensive. 
And uh, so they're, they're trying to get to that kind of business model. I don't know if autonomous cars, taxis, whatever, is ultimately going to... Um, in, in the my... cities, like in, in very dense cities, yeah, I think they'll do just fine. Um, like in Winnipeg during the summer, it would do fantastic. Their roads are actually, for the weather they have, are pretty well kept. They don't salt them, so, you know, um, they do really well. Just how they look, an autonomous car would do fine in those kind of big cities. Yeah. Um, but as soon as you get rural or you get off of like I eighty or something where it's a straight shot, it, they're not going to do it well because of all the sensors and all this kind of stuff. It has cameras. It's got to read the well, environment. It's, it's just not. It's gonna happened do it. over and over where somebody walks off a curb where they're not supposed to be, and the autonomous cars can't adjust for that. Not that they hit the people, but it causes them a lot of problems. And also when um, construction workers have painted multiple lines on a road and they need to change lanes often because of construction, uh, the autonomous cars can't figure that out either. Sometimes it's happened to Teslas multiple times. They figured out that the Tesla would lock on the wrong two lines and drive it right into a barrier, drive the cars into a barrier because of that. And I, and I, I don't blame Tesla for it because it <coughs> explicitly says in the owner's manual. There's videos you watch, like when you first get a Tesla. The the people you buy it from walk you through when you put this thing in autopilot. You are to always have a hand still, still, still. I thought it was two hands. It's it just it's one hand. Um, so the whole idea is, you know, you just have the hand. You can like fiddle around, do whatever, adjust something. Um, so that the moment it looks like it's doing something you don't want it to, just jerk it, and it'll autocorrect in that direction. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't like swift the car or whatever. It's just like a remote control. It just jerks it out of the way you want it to go. You're supposed to do it, but there's the people are catching them now. Everyone's like just snoozing yeah. in their Teslas, well, and they're just that, going down the interstate, which is cool that, to look at, but at the same time, super dangerous. Yeah, there's that gal in her boyfriend that were trying to have sex in their tesla what was on autopilot yeah well i the next story um is interesting to me because a mom has has uh, gotten herself arrested after allegedly confronting bullies at her son's school now good one thank you iphone sc we got one more year to go don't yeah. break so, South Carolina mom was arrested last month after she allegedly entered her her child's school without authorization, shouted threateningly at several eight and nine year olds, and went on a cursed field of tirade against a teacher, according to a report. So, some kid at the school is uh, bullying her son, <coughs> and so she decides to take matters into her own own hands. And go into the school and just start berating all of these eight and nine-year-olds. Um, which I get, if your kid's being bullied, then um, you want to go in and, and help your son out. I I imagine that now her son is getting even more bullied. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't remember ever there being a situation that you actually came to my school to Yeah, the, the only time I did was when you were getting bullied and you punched... Like I always told you, mm-hmm. if some kid is 
push it on you, push it on you, push it on you, and the only way to get out of the situation is deck him. Go ahead, deck him. Yeah, I did that in elementary school. I was in fourth grade. Yeah. And I remember the kid pushed me into the desk. We were in the standing in the hallway. We were almost almost time to go home. Mm-hmm. And they pushed me, and my face went, well, bam, on a desk in front of me. And I turn around, and it, this kid's name was Caleb, too, but he was gigantic. I mean, yeah. he was probably five and a half feet tall. Um for a fourth grader, which is pretty darn tall. Yeah, he, and, was, he was a massive kid. Yeah, and I decked him, and then I remember you picking me up and I to go to... We had to talk to your principal, yeah. and your principal watched it on a video and said, hey, I know Caleb has to be suspended because he hit a kid, but I'm only suspending him for the rest of today. Yeah, there's like nothing left. Because they all anyway. understood what went on. Yeah. And it's like I always told you, if you've got to defend yourself in that way, I'm going to support you 100%. You're probably going to get kicked out of school, but that's okay with me because you need to stand up for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so this mom goes in and, and stands up for her son. Um, I don't think in the long run that's going to help the kid out. No. <laughs> Not at all. I th- There's no way it would happen. I remember... One time I had to call you, I was in Miss Shipwright's English class, and me and a couple other kids, we we had laptops out, and we were working on some assignment, but we weren't doing the way we were supposed to, so we had to call our parents in front of the class and explain that we weren't working as well as we should have, and it was supposed to be embarrassing. So all the other mm-hmm. kids are like, no, mom, man, dot man, mom. On their phone in front of the class, and I went over and I, I, I call you, and you're like, hey, "What are you doing? You're at school." I said, "I know, sir. Uh, I'm calling to inform you that Miss Shipwright, my English teacher, is upset. Well, why is she upset? You're just going on with me, and I'm yes, sir. I understand, sir. I'm sorry, sir. It won't happen again, sir. <laughs> All right, I love you too, Dad. Sorry, sir. Bye." And I hung up and just like hung my head and went to my seat. And it was supposed to humiliate me, but then like everyone else in the class was like, oh my gosh, Caleb, are you okay? I remember <laughs> the teacher like, did I get you in a lot of trouble or something? Like she was concerned. Yeah. You know, so that kind of thing, totally different, right? I ended up making it out of there. But you're, any... yeah, you're, uh... now I, mean, I used to do this to your older brother when I do the locker check with him because I never trusted him. And I'd find all his homework in his locker. Mm-hmm. But, I would go through his locker when I'd take him to school from like a doctor's appointment and find all of his homework. And it always happened during passing period. So he was totally embarrassed by all the other people walking by him, watch, watching Pastor his dad, dad going through your locker. <laughs> yep. Very cool. I only ever had a locker at, and two, well, no, oh, I had one at Omaha Christian. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't had one in middle school, but outside that, any other time, I never had a locker. Well, you had a locker. You never used it, though. Yeah, because they were always drug sniffing stuff, and not not. I'm not saying I had drugs on me in high school. Um, I'm just. I just didn't use. I'm. Mm-hmm. What's the next story? <laughs> what a segue. What's, well, this yeah. is an interesting story. Um, this works. It's a group that says drinking your own pee is good for you. I would beg to differ as yeah. a trained nursing assistant. I'm not certified, but I am a trained nursing mm-hmm. assistant. I can tell you, it is not good for you. No, it's byproducts. 
it's stuff your body's trying to get rid of. It is the equivalent of saying, yeah, you can breathe back in the air you just breathed out. It's just a little dirty. Still yeah. good for you. Uh, no. There is a short time after you urinate that you can digest it because hypothetically the heat of the urine at that stage when it goes back to your body mm-hmm. can hypothetically – there's a lot of hypotheticals because I can't prove it. Some No one died yet of it. Um, is hot enough that it will kind of kill off certain bacteria and it will get through your gut fast enough that it won't cause any damage. And that's if you're like you're de- – like yeah. you're about to die of dehydration. It is not a – well, come here, little Jimmy. Uh, open your mouth. That's some fun little thing. <laughs> what? That is not what. what? The, I'm just saying that's not what. I'm just saying we're dudes. Our, our first thing isn't like, well, give me a pint of my own piss yeah. or something. It's yeah, going to yeah. be like, open your, well, open this your is mouth. Happening it's in a waterfall. Boulder, Colorado. I can only imagine some of these people are smoking the Mary Jane as well. But hey, this. Man. This urine therapy of Colorado, they meet up, um, they they have gatherings at the public library in Boulder for people to explore, learn about, and support others drinking urine or using it as a topical treatment. The urine therapy of Colorado. Yeah. That is a, that seems like something, uh, What what is that movie called where the guy goes to the future, Idiocracy? Mm-hmm. That sounds like a political party in that show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's got what plants crave. So Chris, Christopher Makor said he began using urine um, when he said other creams and ointments weren't fixing the eczema on his hands. So he said he began soaking them in his urine and the eczema went away. Well, urine is slightly acidic. Yeah, I'm like, this so is a little I, bit different than just drinking it. Yeah, but these other people are drinking it. Um, uh, some of them are putting it in their eyes. They put it on their face. Uh, some of them put it in their chai tea in the morning. Um, they're citing something in uh, someplace in India. <laughs> Where oh, they used to do India! Four thousand years ago, of course, ago. that is the perfect place to take health advice from. You know, just if, well, listen, neglect the fact we, that they bathe in the same river they put dead bodies and poop in and drink out of. Yeah, I, he well, Mister Makor says if you simply shift your perception about <laughs> using urine for these kind of processes. You'll get to the if fact. you just don't think about it, it's not so bad. That's what they're saying. It's not a matter of, like, actually, this is going to do something for you. This is such total bull crap. Who, who in the right... This guy's got to begin... Pay, there's got to be, like, a membership-only group, right? Like, no, that I, There's a tithe. I think that they enjoy... They legitimately just have a fet. This is a fetish. It's a fetish group. That's what it is. Well, yeah. It's I, gotta be. Actually, a that's probably true. It probably is a fetish group. Just like the balls thing. It was, it was some but, weird you know, Doctors game. in the article are saying this really isn't a good idea because bacteria builds up in your urine very fast. Yep. Um, it's, it's really a problem. Uh, Besides, if you get a kidney stone, that's gonna, that's gonna go down the pipes weird. <laughs> oh, try, try getting that one out. So... That um, leads us into our next story, which is kind of an odd one. A woman in a wheelchair, tired of waiting for her food at McDonald's in Detroit, 
fired a taser mm. at an employee. That's a no-go. Uh, the woman fired her taser at the employee who dodged the dart at uh, a location here in uh, Detroit. The employee was not injured, and they called the police, where police officers found the irate customer with the taser in her shirt, which is kind of stupid. Um, I, you'd think it was a boob to taser? Like it was a middle, like, comes out, and you just hear that... Uh, Weird, yeah, no, nasty, probably, sweat sound. Just... She's probably trying to hide it from the police. But um, that takes a lot. This is akin to the people, I didn't get my fry order right or something like that. Now you're all going to die. And so they call 911 to, to have the police come out to McDonald's because they didn't get their order right or they forgot their fries. or That's just a no-go. You don't do that. You don't tase somebody just because... Th- you're not getting service quick enough. You, 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 did you raise your hand? Did you speak up? They might not have seen you over the the ledge. Those ledges have been getting taller every year. I've heard it on the. the I heard it on NPR, <laughs> so it must be true. The ledges at McDonald's are getting taller. Thanks, Planet Money. Yeah. Um, and so you know what? Maybe they just didn't see you because you're just a, a short, wheeled person short wheeled person you're getting a little punch drunk I am a wee a bit tired but that is okay so talk about craziness there's a video on YouTube now about one of Biden's campaign promises so I'm going to play it so we can listen to it here okay before before you play it let's, let's you know, play a game all right, I'm going to come up with four possibilities <coughs> that Biden is going to say here. I want you as the listeners to decide which one it is. A, we're going to take over Canada because we're going to be a globalized world. B, he's going to make education completely free at no cost. C, he's going to cure some miraculous disease. Or D, he's going to walk on water. Cure a miraculous disease or miraculously cure a disease? What's the difference? The guy's going to walk on water for option D. Okay. All right. right. You guys pick, and we're going to play this clip. We want to email us whether or not you got it right. Oh, a lot of you understand that uh, what loss is, and when loss occurs, you know uh, that, you know, people come up to you and tell you, I understand. Nice one, Stand bingo. Who's a, a husband, a wife, a son, a daughter, a family member, and uh, um, and lots of times you feel like saying, you know, they say, I know how you feel, and if they hadn't, you look at them, you, you know they mean well, but you say, you have no idea how I feel. But when it happens to you, you know. That's why I've uh, worked so hard in my career to make sure that uh, I promise you, uh, if I'm elected president, you're going to see the single most important thing that changes America is we're going to cure cancer. Uh, you think that's, that's another issue. So this is one of cancer. the craziest campaign promises that I've ever heard out of a uh, candidate's mouth. I would rather hear something like that just seems more believable or it's like, if you elect me president, I... I am going to put 
um, $1 billion in cancer research, the government money to cancer research. Yeah, yeah that okay, would that's be a different. Me- that is yeah. a measurable amount. Right. It makes sense. I can hold you to that. Which cancer are you curing? Pancreatic? Right, there's so many t- different cancers. Testicular? And how are you going to cure genetic cancer? Male breast cancer? I don't know. Well, maybe, I, I guess if you have a certain genetic code, maybe we're just going to get rid of you. We're uh, just every newborn baby, if it's a female, drop off the boobs so they can never grow them. Wow, that way, no dude. breast cancer. But I, this is a crazy campaign promise because it, um, it's akin to other things where... We're going to build a wall. Well, yeah. I mean, how much of the wall is actually built? Three miles? No. There's just like... Uh, I saw something that said 15, another one that said 25, the miles. Okay, the border. But then there also is, is a, a th- there's like three or long. ten miles done. I, yes, I am well aware at how long the border is. Uh, while I was expecting a giant um, civil works project, because earlier concepts of it were like pretty, a really cool kind of wall, um, and that they was it was open up to like everybody. They would have certain contracting groups at certain parts of the wall, and you, the government, if you signed up and they approved you. You just you get on down there your start date, and and get your pesos because Mexico's paying for it. Yeah, whatever. I don't know about <laughs> pesos, but the government would be paying you to just manual labor, like build the wall. So do you wall. think that's what uh, Biden's saying here? He's going to have multiple people working on cancer cures, like uh, that I, hasn't I, happened for the last hundred years. Here, here's the subtext of it. He's going to say that oh, I am going to help. I'm going to cure cancer. So I'm going to put all the money I have into cancer research. He's doing this because some big pharma is paying him bazooku bucks. Is putting that much money into his campaign. Or is willing to if he gets past the primaries. No, no, no. He's, is... It's going to be once he gets past the primaries, that's when he's trying. He's showing it now. He's showing it now so that when he comes president, he's going to be like, we're going to cure cancer. It's a campaign promise. So I'm going to put all this money into these trusted companies that I know work really well this with is... ch- working on cancer million, billion, this trillion dollars later. misspeaking as he always does. He says dumb things that he hasn't thought through and they just come – it's no different than anyone else, but I think all this yeah. stuff stems from some truth. He was offered a deal, and he's just like, eh, well, you know, yeah, I'm going to cure cancer. Well, it's a possibility, but it's nowhere near as bad as this Candace um, Cibaca. She's on the... Chewbacca? Uh, I can't pronounce her name. Uh, but can or I said Candace, it's Candy. She's a Denver City Councilwoman. And, uh, well, let's just listen to her and hear what she's saying. I I don't believe that our current economic system actually works. Um, Capitalism by design is extractive. And in order to generate profit in a capitalist system, something has to be exploited. That's land, labor, or resources. And I think that we're in late phase capitalism and we know it doesn't work and we've got to move into something new. And I believe in community ownership of land, labor, resources, and distribution of those resources. And so whatever that morphs into, I think is what will serve community the best. And I'm excited to usher it in by any means necessary. Now, not only is she an up-talker. She's a communist. Thank you for... 
so much. This, uh, she has no idea what she's really getting into. She no, yes, she does. You can totally tell that while she was speaking, she clearly was saying whatever this evolves to, I think, will be for the betterment of society. That is such a politician way of saying she knows exactly that that is going to become communism. She knows exactly that's what it means. She knows what words she said. That's what it is. I don't think there's anything else to it other than she's a cold-hearted communist. Kill him now. Kill it now before it's too late. Don't say kill them. Kill Kill it. I said it. I didn't say them. I said it. Yeah. Gender doesn't exist. It's just a walking disease. Kill it. (laughs) Uh, No, we're not advocating the killing of anybody. But we do want to kill... The idea. I didn't say the person. I meant the idea. The idea. Kill the idea of communism. Right. There will be casualties. Gosh. (laughs) But the, the concept that the community owns our property and the government owns that and all the resources need to be shared is a fallacy. The Ask Chernobyl how that worked out. Well, private property rights have built uh, the Western world. Mm-hmm. And because I can own my own house, uh, that's important. And it brings freedom uh, because you can own your own house. You can own your own car. And my car is different from your car. My house is slightly different from your house. That's a good thing. <coughs> but the the concept of all of us living in the same exact house because it's provided by the government, we all get paid the same um, regardless of our skill level. That's all bonkers. And I um, this was recorded when she was a candidate. I, I need to check in to see if she got elected in. But if she got elected into the Denver City Council, Denver, watch out. Because things are going to be breaking down soon. Because this kind of concepts uh, go directly against the freedoms that we have as American citizens. And she's it's a red against, flag. She's it's a red against, flag. Listen it's to against me, the Alex Constitution. Jones. Yeah. She's so, turning the frogs gay. Well, not not really. There's a a couple. Oh, this is the alligator with the knife in its head thing? Yeah. The there's a couple interesting stories that close out our time today. Um, one is down in Texas, there's an alligator that's swimming around that's been stabbed in the head. And it just looks like a kitchen knife, dog. Yeah, it's in Fort Brent Bend County, Texas. And it was swimming in at a lake uh, at the Lorch- uh, Orchard Lake Estates. It's been photographed. Um, it looked like a steak knife that was sticking out of his head. I don't know if it was in his eye, but... It- but it looked, if it wasn't in his eye, it was very close to his eye. And local wildlife officials have been notified about the alligator. And they're trying to find it and figure out how it's been alive so long with a knife in its head. But the local wild fish and wildlife people have received hundreds of messages. And um, they're trying to find the alligator right now. But I just think it's interesting. This just goes to, hey, reptiles, you're awesome. Uh, you can go, <laughs> you can get stabbed in the head and still function with a knife sticking perpendicular to your skull out and swim around and still, and still live. I you think. gotta wonder how that got in there. Well, like, did someone just stab the dang thing or did they just, was it just one of those, you throw it off the side of a little boat going through a, a, a bayou or something and then whoosh, 
they just lands. Perfectly. I am sure this alligator was trying to attack someone, and they just took their little like they took their like fishing knife. knife out and just stabbed it in the head to get it off of them. Because once an alligator gets you, I mean, you're almost done for. Yeah. Because if they because they don't doing... bite stuff off, they twist it off. So when they bite you, yeah, they they're gonna like because they roll over. They'll yeah. like just rip your. It's leg called the off. death roll. And they, they'll actually pull you down into the water to drown you and then roll you around in the mud until, yeah, your arms and legs kind of come off. So a couple kind of uh, fun stories to end out our time uh, beyond the alligator with a knife in its head, kind of the suicide king of the Wild Kingdom community. Um, there is this little infant uh, that his parents have been trying to get around and make him or make her, Evelyn, uh, become the youngest person to visit all 50 states. Um, is Her parents couldn't have kids initially, and then when they had this little girl, they decided to go on this trip. And um, they're, you, they're entrepreneurs. They're used to making their own schedule. And so they um, figured out how to go in an RV and get this little girl all over to all the 50 states. I think they have one state left that they need to go to. Uh, but I think this is really kind of a cool little thing. They've went on a 2,000-mile trek and um, started in L.A., and they're, they're getting back around to L.A. And it's just kind of an interesting little story. And there's lots of cute pictures um, on the Fox News website uh, entitled California Infant to Visit All 50 States of this little uh, baby. And they held her up and put her with different iconic images and taken her pictures and uh, it's just kind of a cute little neat story. It's something that not everybody gets to do. And I think it's kind of fun that somebody's doing that with their kid. Because that'll be a, a, a coffee table book someday, I imagine. Yeah, it looks that looks awesome. And it'd be cool to do that with my kids someday. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a traveling entrepreneur, so I don't have <laughs> enough. Either they have money that they can do this or... They have a lot of debt, so that they can do this. <laughs> one, one or the other. Hopefully, it's the it's uh, the first option. Yeah, and a big shout out goes to a Rodney Smith Jr. who is uh, on track to mow veterans' lawns in all fifty states. Um, he's been mowing lawns across the country to help veterans out in every state. He started in Alabama, and he's he's driven most of the way. But of course, he can't drive in general, to Alaska or Hawaii. So Delta Airline kind of chipped in and got him a ticket to fly him out there so he could uh, mow the lawns of veterans out in Hawaii and in Alaska. And I think that's a really cool thing that he did, um, going around and helping these veterans out. It raises awareness that we have um, military members from all 50 states that have served our country well uh, served in all of the armed forces, and uh, they deserve this kind of little bit of a, a shout out, as well as Rodney, as he goes around in Moser lawns. I just think that's a kind of a cool thing, and it's very interesting uh, kind of news. Yeah, I like that. Uh, it'd be interesting to, uh, to see, like, wh- why he started doing that. Yeah. Like, what, what was the impetus behind that? Well, his his main uh, motivation was he really wanted to serve vets. And he yeah, knows, but I mean, like, I want to see, what, like, what, what, when did that happen where you just got this idea? Where did he get this idea? And they just like, you know what? I'm just going to do this. Or is it mm-hmm. one of those 
he mowed a lawn, then mowed another lawn, and mowed another, and realized all veterans. And he's just like, oh, you know what? I think this is important. They decide to do it. Yeah, I I don't know, but he'd be a cool dude to to meet. Well, he said uh, this. He reposted his initial post that started the whole mowing the lawn campaign. Even before this happened, I remember asking God to use me as His vessel. He didn't give me an answer the day that I asked him. Not a month later, not even a year later. It happened a few years later when this would be that day and he would start mowing lawns for veterans. So I just think that's a a really cool thing. Well, that's about it for today, man child. We'll be broadcasting from the basement again next week. I'm the old guy. And I'm the man child. Don't forget to cross your streams with ours and tell others about our Twinkie. Until next week. Don't fall up a down elevator. And remember, if I don't make it back, you made me come here. And visit us at bloodpump.com. Email us. Bloodpumpmedia.com. It is www. Manchild at post.com or the old guy at post.com. Take care and we'll see you next time. Deuces. BloodPumpMedia.com